Hello, you are welcome to the Emerge Podcast where we discuss all things digital media. I am your host, Joy Eneyalu, digital media consultant and your very good friend. You're welcome to today's episode of the Become Podcast and I have the remarkable um, Adora with me today. Listen up if you own a business because she's going to be bringing her juice to this episode. So Adora, it's great to have you on the Become Podcast. Thank you so much for honoring our invitation. Thank you very much, Joy. You are an, an HR expert at Kendor Consulting. You also run an online community for HR professionals and people managers. So how long have you been into this and how did it start? Wow, okay. Uh, I've been into this since 2004. So how many years is that? <laughs> okay, that's, <laughs> that's about 15 years, yes? Okay, wow. Right, so yes, I've, I've been into the HR space for the last 15 years. And how did I start? I actually switched careers. I was actually an, a design engineer. I used to design software for mobile phones. And when I got tired of that, and I thought I'd rather work with people than things, I made the career switch. <laughs> So, um, what are the common pitfalls okay. to watch out for when hiring for a business? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, wow. I get that one all the time. Okay. Typically, of course, if you're a business, particularly if you're a small business, hiring is tough. Um, however, some of the, the pitfalls I would say to avoid, the first thing is always make sure you have a profile for the role that you want to hire for. Um, yes, it might sound like a big thing, but... Remember, if you were looking for something, you'd have a very good idea of what you were looking for. So it's very important that you understand the role you're trying to fill. So if you wanted to hire a salesperson or you wanted to hire a receptionist, set you know a, a very good profile. Like you know, have a very good idea of what an ideal competent person would have what kind of um, characteristics they would have what kind of competencies like skills what they should be able to do and just write it down so that you're very clear up front uh, the reason being is that obviously if you get this part wrong <laughs> then your hiring will be wrong so take your time a lot of time you know people skip this step and they just go looking for people and you know they just put out an advert but before you even write your advert, have a pretty good idea of who the ideal person should be. And it will save you a lot of time and stress at the end. Okay. So what should business owners do to keep their staff motivated? Because I, I belong to some certain groups. And mm-hmm. this is one question that a lot of us, we happen to be a lot of CEOs in the group. Who are always asking mm-hmm. how do i keep my staff motivated this person did this i'm tired so how do we keep them motivated the truth is um and that's why we go back to the hiring process as well you know motivation is an internal thing and um, you can't motivate someone whose desires are very different or whose vision is very different from yours so it actually starts with the hiring process i mean you know where you're going as a business, you're a CEO, you know, you're probably not where you want to be yet, but you have a great vision. 
So one of the things is that you need to get the right people on board in the first place. If you hire someone whose vision is not aligned with yours, there's, you can't do anything to motivate them. That's the reality. So the first thing is to get people who key into the vision. And when you're interviewing and you're thinking about the kind of person you need, just make sure you're looking out for behaviors and values that are similar to yours. Because imagine if both of you are going the same direction, you believe in the same things, then of course, you know, they will understand you better. You will probably understand them better because you're going to the same place. You know, so that's a bit of, you know, one of the biggest issues with um, CEOs and small businesses. Sometimes we get the wrong people on the bus. And if you have the wrong people on the bus, there's nothing much you can do because there's nothing you will do to motivate them. Not even salary increase. <laughs> no, there's nothing. In fact, that's one of the worst things because that's extrinsic, that's external. It will only satisfy for a very short period and you're still back to square one. You know, money is not everything. I mean, money is not the biggest satisfier. Uh, people want other things. People are searching for purpose. People are, for, you know, they're searching for similarities of vision uh, or values. So, intrinsically, that's what a lot of people are searching for. So, if you have the point, you'll go back and say, the biggest thing you can do is ensure that your vision is aligned with the people you hire. And then, of course, when you have the right people, um, you kind of almost know what well. You you will have a better idea of what they want because maybe the communication will be better. Um, you know, there'll be an openness. You know, those things will keep people at their point of need. Every individual is different. You use salary for this person, it may be their problem, but it's not salary per se. Housing can be for this person. You need people at different needs. When you keep throwing blanket things at the people, you don't really get the results, you know. But when you get to know people one on one, you can satisfy their needs, particularly small businesses. Because you have such a small team, it's easy to have one-on-one -on -one discussions with people and really know how to it. What's your thoughts on sexual harassment in the workplace? Well, it's a very rampant, um, it's more rampant than we care to discuss. Um, a lot of it is hushed, uh, uh, particularly. In fact, it's interesting you ask this question because the CIPM, which is a Chartered Institute of Personal Management, just released a statement of zero tolerance on sexual harassment. So, as HR professionals, you know, obviously, I mean, the Apex Institute has, has put its foot down and saying that this is something that we should address uh, because obviously it, it just causes for toxic workplaces. It's not positive. Um, however, what I would say to business owners in particular is that you have to be very careful um, as a business owner to uphold values and not get into because the, the truth is that it's, it's typically perpetuated by people in more senior positions so whether it's a business owner ceo or a manager and things like that it's a very serious offense i mean if reported it's, it's it could be criminal and um reputation wise it's not it's not a great thing so as an hr professional we frown on it and we urge people to put in policies and practices that will help them curb it in the workplace. There's nothing positive about sexually harassing somebody at work, you know. So, you know, make sure you 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 and you have a policy on it. Don't just be quiet on it and say I will deal with it when it comes in. Put an outright policy saying that you don't have you 
you wouldn't tolerate it in your position and do the right thing when people you know go against those policies okay so you just said that um sexual harassment is something that is treated mostly by you know managers those in the top position so for a staff or an employee who who finds herself or himself in a position uh, in in such position how should he or she handle handle it without messing up things so to say okay the first thing is that if i mean knowing now what has just recently happened you know the chartered institute of personal management releasing a statement you make your report known you can report to the institutes you understand um and then of course i mean if you have if you are in an organization and there's a policy it depends on who the sexual harassment is coming from. In fact, that's the first thing. Of course, if it's coming from, what if it's coming from the MD? <laughs> that would be difficult, wouldn't it? So it depends. Of course, if it's a colleague, it's easier to manage an investigation. You report to HR, an investigation will be carried out, and then the appropriate policies, I believe, will, will happen. And um, if it's um, obviously somebody that you don't have control over, like the MD, <laughs> I would say. You know, the, your best bet will be obviously to find a way to exit. Because if you don't exit, you're going to continue to be in the situation and it will end up being victimization and things like that. I know it's not easy. However, what do you do when you find yourself in a situation that is not going to get better because, you know, the people that you felt should protect you are the ones, you know, perpetrating the, the actual um, <laughs> harassment. So one has to use wisdom when it comes to these type of things and you know, first of all, you know, just uh, if your company has policies, that's the very good place to stay. And if it doesn't, then report to um, the external body that governs such in the workplace, which is the CIPM. So how can employees position themselves to achieve more success within an, an organization? Well, like I said, the first thing is to know where you're going. You, you must, as an individual, you should have a vision. Because if you're in the wrong type of organization in the first place that is not aligned with your vision, success will be very hard because your definition of success and theirs is not even aligned. So one of the first things I always tell people is like, if you are clear on your vision, it will even help you in your choice as to what type of firm that you actually even go into. So, but anyway, things happen, life happens. If you find yourself in a wrong firm, then be clear on where you still want to go and keep pursuing, uh, you know, towards your vision. So if you want to be like, you know, an HR expert or a sales expert or digital marketing expert, find opportunities within where you find yourself and keep practicing using those skill sets and just distract. What strategies can you share for business owners to create a great experience for their employees? Well, the truth is, I mean, we've moved from, I mean, we started with trying to motivate people. However, you know, the experience that people actually have in the workplace is a big motivating factor. And one of the, a lot of factors play into the employee experience. I mean, one of the, the first factors is actually the environment itself. If people come into an environment, I mean, there's the physical environment that you can see, and there's also the, um, well, would I say mental environment or the social environment. So some of the things we can do is look at the physical surroundings. What can we do 
to make it somewhere that will create a positive employee experience are there changes you can make can you add some color i mean if you have just gray dark black walls you know i mean that would be it's different from if you had yellow what do you have can you add some cars what are the relationships like between employees one of the most important relationships actually in fact the most important relationship is the one between your them and an employee and their immediate boss so the, and in a small business most of the people may report to the md so that relationship with you 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 will drive the culture if they interface with you every day you're very much responsible for the employee experience so the experience of the place will definitely be based on their experience with you so i mean you can't if you're imagine i mean you're dealing with people every day you're the one talking to them every day if their interaction with you is not positive then you can't create a positive uh, work experience so it's about how people feel and how people interact and what people see in fact the physical is a, you know people ignore it it's important but the mental and the social is equally important in creating that experience so it's about relationships really ensuring that relationships are positive you know work is interesting to come with it's purposeful it's meaningful you know there's a vision there's a common vision everybody knows what we're trying to achieve it's exciting you know it's challenging people want a challenging role they just they don't want um, a place they just come to and you know, there's there's no challenge, there's no vision, there's no alignment. So all these things are things one can put in place. But most of all, what about the relationship that you have as a manager or as a you know a CEO with the people who work with you? One thing that has also been of great interest is the concept of you know working virtually. And so yeah. companies in Nigeria are yet to embrace this what's your thought on yeah. well the truth is that it's a reality that we have to face uh, it's not a case of whether you want to embrace it or not if you don't embrace it you probably lose out because that is the reality now um, i mean if you work in lagos nigeria you know how the place is there's a lot of traffic and um, even just getting to work some people spend so much time hours so so people have decided you know what this in terms of my well-being this doesn't really work for me i rather have a, a more flexible arrangement i rather work part-time from home and the people who are saying these things are actually talented individuals life where they can thrive and not survive so you if you have if you don't want to embrace this then you're going to miss out on some really good talent and um, who want something different for themselves they're not doing saying they want to work for me just for the sake understand embrace it and you lose out on, on key talent it's our ceos of small companies embrace it it's definitely something worth embracing it i do it i mean a business owner as well i do it with my staff one of my staff now he who's going to be accountants um he gave he posed an option to go continue nothing is going wrong i don't need him there you know so we plan better now uh, and it's it's working okay so, so i think we should be i have no issues at don't you think that the issue of discipline is it's one that may 
maybe that's one of the reasons this stock uh, yes was aren't allowing people to work virtually yeah yes of course there's always the issue of discipline i mean you know and that's why it's very important you know the kind of people you're hiring everyone is not the same However, when you work in certain, like, like, you know, you're working in a service-driven environment, I run a service-driven firm, consulting, you know, you, you know, if you're in digital marketing or anything, these are work that you don't have to be in the office. You have to be disciplined, though. So if you get people who are not disciplined, you have policies in place. If I, for example, I send an email to the accountant and he doesn't respond, I mean, it's never even happened. He was a disciplined person in the first place. I never had issues with him. So, you know, it, it, I don't, the only difference is that he's not there. So, like I say, it's the kind of person. It's not that, you know, if you're undisciplined, you're undisciplined. It's not because you're working virtually that you became indisciplined. <laughs> you understand? It's the kind of person. That person, when they're in the office, they're not working either. You understand? So somebody who now wants to, so if deliverables, then you need to kick in some some other action, and and if you, you can even change it. You can decide that you know what, if you I need people who can work from home, and if you can't, then obviously you're just not the right person. Or you keep asking them to come to the office, and I think for anyone coming to the office when you could not come to the office, it's like punishment. So if you can't, you can't uh, discipline yourself, then come to the office. <laughs> Let's see you. So, I mean, it's the kind of person that matters. It's not really, yeah. But I do understand the fears. We all have it as, um, well, CEOs have that fear. But the truth is, it depends on... So what do you have to say about um, the replacement of humans with robots in the workplace? <laughs> Well, the truth is, I mean, the implications for humans is, first of all, if you're a human, um, some humans will lose their jobs and some humans will stay. And in fact, a lot of humans will stay. Because at the end of the day, there are many things that a human can do that a machine cannot do. Um, However, you need to be super skilled if you want to thrive in the workplace of the future. And be prepared, you know, prepare yourself so that the, uh, uh, a machine will not take over your role. Anything you do well and you do better than other people and you do better than machines, you definitely will be replaced. So um, I believe um, the future is exciting for people who are constantly upskilling themselves, keeping themselves relevant, creating content you know, creating experiences. The future is exciting for those kind of people. I mean, the only people who will be worried are people who are not ready to embrace uh, technology and embrace um, skills, you know, learning. And I'm pretty excited about the future. Let's talk about relevance, especially as Africans and Nigerians. How can employees stay relevant in the marketplace and what are the top skills they should engage in? Obviously, you can see that... Relevance is about, I mean, you use the word relevance, is about what is, I don't say relevance again, but what matters at that point in time. So if you, if you have skills that are easy or in, 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 in big supply or in excess supply and anyone can do it, then, I mean, you're not really going to 
you can be easily replicated let's put it that way you can be easily replaced so i would say that some of the skills obviously i mean that they are technology related and um, anything that helps you create uh you know digital solutions anything that helps you um do things time is it if our time is the real currency um do it so if you embrace technology and show that you, you're technologically savvy you have well, some level of programming skills because we will all be developing somehow. Um, you have problem solving skills. Problem solving skills will always, always be relevant. You know, you're, you think strategically, you have business skills. I think that, you know, you will definitely remain um, relevant. But if you adopt the culture of not learning and not improving yourself, then you definitely will be obsolete. So, considering that a lot of people have and lied about having skills they do not possess and considering that times have changed as well what's your take on the current hiring process in most organizations especially using the cv format okay so you said like about people lying about what they have yeah and then us using the truth is, i mean funny enough i think about it, it was maybe last month i read an article I, although it was uk based it said 40 percent of people lie on their cv you know when i went i was like wow if this statistic is coming from the uk i'm asking myself what percentage of well in nigeria is it still 40 percent or is it higher <laughs> Um, the truth is that um, it's always been a gamble. Hiring is a gamble. Uh, whatever, but the issue is what can we do to improve it? And that's why I will tell people, first of all, know the kind of person you're looking for and know the skills that you're looking for. The reason being is that once you know exactly the skill sets you need or the competencies you need, the knowledge, the skills, the attitude you need, you can now hone in and assess for those things. You know, if you wanted to know how big you are or how heavy you are, you'd use a skill, right? Yeah. So if you're looking for someone who can, like, you know, social media marketing, people say all sorts of things. Whenever I'm looking for such skills, I just tell them, send me your work. Ask for a marketer and then I go to your page and I see 100 likes or 100 followers. <laughs> if you can't do it for yourself, you can't do it for me, definitely. So I would say that once you have a good profile and you know what you're looking for, then you can create assessments to assess exactly what you want. You can't tell me you're a good communicator. You're right. I will see how you write. You understand? I'm not going to start giving you aptitude tests. Unless I need your aptitude, like problem-solving skills, that your numerical ability, then I will give you that. But if I need you to write for me, I would ask you to write a copy. That would be the assessment. It's not about whether you got first class, second class, third class. You know, I would assess for what i am looking for but the only way i can know of the skill sets of the people i'm looking for and i'm plan but it's better for you to understand that really well and what you're looking for how many years of experience you need because when you do that when and you will be assessing for it and it will just save you so much time and drama okay so there's been a lot of buzz about the future of work I mean, talking about robotics, talking about working virtually and all that. So what do you think is the future of work, especially in this part of the world? Yeah. Well, I, I think the future of work is a continuum, first of all. Um, we've been talking, we've been on this topic for like at least the last 
maybe even 10 years, like, you know, the future of work. So, and you know, the future, like tomorrow, tomorrow is today's future. Today is yesterday's future. So we are already in that era of digital and robotics. So it's here. It's just graduating every day. You know, the next, so we're, we're already using robots in different ways. Even things like bots that, you know, are answering uh, websites and questions. I mean, they're different. Those are the things we're talking about. Those are the, they are not, the, the robots we're talking about. Using like drones to do deliveries, using like drones to take pictures. I mean, these are the, these are the different display. I mean, um, all of it. Uh, they will replace jobs that are routine or, or require a lot of analysis or processing. The, um, the uh, checkout counters <laughs> were empty. No more checkout uh, assistance. They were, it's now self-service. So those are some of the things that you will see. I can just imagine. I mean, maybe they used to hire like 20 people before. Now you just have like a customer service person who is just hovering around just in case people have issues. So it will do any job that is easy to to or maybe light machine work that you would get it would be replaced. And that, that is the way. Whether we like it or not and um, so i would say to people you just have to look at the future what is going to be relevant in the future and skill yourself you know ensure that you have the skills for it to to exist and be relevant in the future so in nigeria in particular i would say and this is a i mean it's a global thing however the adoption is slower of course you can't compare the adoption I and mean, go to shop right now there's still a lot of people on the counters so obviously we have not reached that point where you know the other other countries have we've not yet replaced people with with machines self-service because when we're, bit we're not as ahead in using our atm cards people are still paying with cash in the, you know, so it's going to take us time maybe give us another couple of years before uh, but people are using it in different adoption will be slower not as fast as the more advanced countries so you you wrote a book can you tell us what this mm -hmm. book is about where we can get it or... mm -hmm. yes so i wrote a, the name of my book is called change your career um Aside HR, I'm very have a keen interest in careers and helping people do potential. Go on Amazon or via my website www.adoraequanasi.com, and um, it's about helping people meet their career goals. But a lot of people always want to change careers at different stages of their lives. I've always been asked by so many people from starters to changers to people in their 50s 60s how do i fulfill my career dreams and i used to help people craft their parts and i felt to just put all that uh, knowledge into a book and to help people and to help them understand that a career can you can change your career at any age or at any stage of your life and it is possible steps to a successful career change so guys you've heard it from um mrs adora you're going to get details of her book in the description box below so if you want to buy her book the link will also be there so you can easily direct it to her page her website and you can get it there if you have further questions for uh, mrs adora you can also send her a message i'm going to also drop her social media links 
so that you can easily uh, connect with her. Thank you so much, Ma, for coming on this podcast. We sincerely appreciate you and um, everything that you told us today about hiring, the future of work, and all that. And I hope those that are listening to have learned a lot. So, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us until we come your way again. And we will see you next week. Thank you very much, Joy, and thank you, everyone else.